You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. And finally, our third sponsor is 988. The Oklahoma 988 Mental Health Lifeline, 988 is a direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with trained behavioral health professionals that can get all Oklahomans the help that they need. Learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com. That's 988oklahoma.com. And now, let's get into today's episode. Who thought you'd be on this podcast? I'm kind of raspy because I've been... I've been singing your head off. I've been singing in, (laughs) in loud bars for four days in a row. Which is not a bad thing, right? It's so much fun. Makes Having that raspy voice will make you sound cool. Oh, good. Right? So some people may say. You know when you always listen to that rock star and you're like, oh, you got a raspy oh, voice. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, but I guess we'll kick it off. Uh, okay. Please welcome to the podcast, Sarah Sears. Am I saying that right? Yes. Because I have an accent and I kind of tend to mess things up with an accent. <laughs> That's um, a, it's, it's a good, it's a simple, yeah. it's a simple one. It's a simple sure. one. Um, thank you so much for coming down. We recently reconnected, I guess, in kind of a funny way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> uh, I think you should tell that story to start it off, how we reconnected. How you randomly like, hey, that, you're, you're at TEDx with your friend and I'm on stage. Yeah, I mean, well, you asked me to do the, you asked me to do the podcast before. Was this two years ago? Yeah, and it was yeah. just, it was just bad timing. Uh, and I, confl- you know, there's some conflicts of things going on and I just thought, ah, uh, it's not good timing. And so I told you no. And then your whole your whole TEDx talk was about saying yes, and I I almost always say yes, so yeah. I kind of always you know felt that lingering guilt of like why did I say no to him, and uh, and so there you know perfect opportunity to it was perfect for a round I'm two. Glad it happened, and, <laughs> and the world or fate or whatever you want to call it puts us together, which is great. But I think for most people who don't know you. Um, I'd love to just dive into your story and talk about kind of where you grew up, who you are, and kind of what shapes you into being a designer. Because being a designer is, there's so much that comes into building a logo and a brand that the general population and general people who don't get design will never see and might not even understand. Mm. So... I'd love, I mean, I'd love to spend, you know, however long we can do on this podcast diving into that. But let's start with, with, I guess, you know, your upbringing and Oklahoma story. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was born here in Oklahoma City. I mean, not that far from where we are right now, actually. I was born at University Hospital, which is now a UMed Center. Yeah. And, um, but before that, right before I was born, uh, uh, my, my parents lived in California, so, um, but my dad was from here and my mom was from there. And so oh. uh, he brought her out here to live. And so uh, I went to, um, 
let's see, I moved away for a little bit, but came back quickly and um, went to kindergarten at Wilson Elementary, which is just right over here. Yeah. And now I live in this neighborhood. So I think that's kind of a little story. But my earliest Always memories, yeah. I know, are just like running up and down these sidewalks. And so I love, I love this neighborhood. And, um, and then I ended up moving, you know, I, w- I was a suburb kid in the 70s. So, um, you know, out in northwest Oklahoma City, uh, went to a lot of different public schools and then uh, graduated from Cassidy High School. Um, yeah. So do you have like a kind of uh, an influence at a young age or someone that or you know, just why, why design? Like, do you have someone that takes you towards that? Well, Are your parents in the design world? Sure. Um, no. Okay. No, but um, but but my mother's an art teacher, and so and I was always very artistic. My grandmother was a painter. My, my mother's mother, and um, and then my um, so anyway, I just I I was drawing and painting from I mean the minute my mom could put art supplies in my hand, I guess. Yeah. And uh, but because my mother was an art teacher, I was a little bit of a rebel. So I kind of. Uh, my mom taught art classes in the schools that I grew up in because they didn't have an art program. So she actually volunteered to teach uh, oh, wow. there, and she taught at the art museum. And so, yeah. so, I, but at a certain age, you know, um, I got critiqued by my mother, so I quit taking art classes. So I kind of did this rebel thing where I was like, "You can't, you can't make me yeah. take the art classes." And I didn't, I didn't, I continued to do uh, art and kind of my own way but um not around not much around my mom I mean it was probably pretty mean but um but I started taking it again in high school and I was really successful with it I was I was kind of the kid when I when I was little that they would say you know draw a picture of your dad for father's day you know at the mall and I would just win the bike you know I mean I really I really it was I was really good at it really good at it and mostly life drawing you know like uh I loved, my mom started sending me, honestly, I think it's really funny, probably over near the Paseo or on 18th Street when I was in high school. I mean, I might have been like 14. My mom would drop me off at this like beat up garage with paper. And I mean, she would just drop me off there and there'd be like all these people in there, like probably five or six artists in there and a, and a you know, a nude person. And I would, I would just do life drawing all day. And you know, yeah. I'm sure my friends are like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, I just, she dropped me off at this neighborhood. <laughs> like I didn't know place. where I was, you know? <laughs> and then she'd be like, I'll be back this afternoon. So. Yeah. But I, that was just something I was, I was actually really good at. Um, and then I didn't really find out about design. Uh, I kind of knew I didn't want to be an artist for a living though. Like yeah. the life drawing, I was just good at. And I lost time, you know, when they talk about, um, you know, getting in the zone and, and you just kind of lose all sense of like what time it is. But, um, but if someone asked me to paint something or if I was pressured to paint something, I just kind of shut, shut down. Like I didn't yeah. like that at all. So the thought of doing that all the time, uh, and Oklahoma city at that time, um, even though we had the Paseo, it was not a place that you could look around and see, I can make a living at this. Right. Like, and I, I had a lot of friends my next door neighbor, she was you know, always in the arts festival. I mean, we had a lot of artists around in our yeah. community, but it just wasn't. So when I went to school uh, at the University of Kansas, I mean, I signed up for the art school because I, that was the only thing that I could think of that just yeah, kind of stood yeah. out. <laughs> like, I mean, head in this direction, I guess. Is KU known for having a really good art school? 
Um, yes, okay. but I didn't know that. Okay. I went there because it had the top 10 most beautiful campuses in the country. I saw it in a magazine. And That's I, brilliant. I, you know, I didn't have a lot of resources for that, so yeah. I thought, okay, I mean, like, that's close, you know, it's affordable. Uh, I could go there, and it's beautiful, which was really important to me, because I'm affected by my surroundings, so right. I, anyway, so I went there. I later found out it was, like, one of the top ten design schools in the country, so I, I kind of lucked out. Yeah. But I think that um, when I found design, it was problem-solving, and that comes into the second part of my family who are engineers. And so there was just something, and my dad is a, my dad is an accountant and does like business valuation type work. And um, I, while I'm not, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm mathy, <laughs> you know, but I see patterns yeah. and I love like problem solving puzzles and things like that. So. When I found design, it was just uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, and outside of art, like you can actually build a career through architect, through design, architecture, and like there was an avenue to be like, you know, right. you know, when you see a designer, you probably see someone who's pretty successful, right? Yeah, over sure. someone who's an artist that hey man, they're a killer drawer, but like <sighs> yeah. they, they don't have a life because it it's a weird connect, weird disconnect, right? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes. Um, and I think when you grow up immersed in art, yeah. like sometimes people say, oh, that's really cool. And I'm like, oh, I I was just in it. Yeah. So I didn't really see the, I didn't right, see all the things that now yeah. I'm so grateful for right. having all of that around me. And when I, you know, when yeah. I was raising my kids, I was like, oh, you're going to have all this around you, right? Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's kind of like the fish can't see the water, right? Yeah, because most people grow up like, and I, I was decent drawing as a kid because my art, and, and I think I broke my art teacher's heart when I told her I wasn't going to pursue a career in art. I was going to do something else, and now I'm terrible at it. Um, but you know, when you're a kid or when you're older, I mean, having the skill to draw things is a cool skill to have, right? A lot of yeah. people, I think, envy that. You know, you meet someone who draws cartoons or right. whatever it is, like they're very good at what they do. And in fact, I'd love to be able to to create and draw with my hands right. and do something. So I can see why people would look up to that. But if you grow up in it, you're like, well, this is just normal to me. Like, sure. it's just I'm around other people who also have this skill. So it's not, you never get that yeah. effect to it, right? And I think I was always very, you know, self, yeah. artists are probably self-critical. So I was very self-critical. So I would get really upset because I would want to draw like that person, yeah. not like the way that I drew, right? right? And so when people say, oh, you're good, I'd be like, no, because look at this, what this person's doing is better, right? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but, you know, then, it, so yeah, being in a place where the, there's architecture and industrial design mm -hmm. and design and typography, and you can start to see where everything is the same, yeah. you know, it's all the same underlying um, pattern and spacing and repetition that makes you think and feel a certain way. It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, so you have this realization while you're at KU that, wow, this is like, I'm not yeah. just doing art here. Like I mean, this campus is obviously beautiful. That's why I'm here, but I had to get hit over the head, you know, like I was <laughs> yeah. in the illustration program and um, and they had a really great illustration program. And I mean, you were doing things like, you know, you had to draw a whole children's book. Well, that's like, you know, 
30 illustration. It's the kind of thing where you do all this work and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's great, but like, can you do it again 10 times? And this time with more emphasis. And yeah. I, it was just, it was killing me. And I, you know, but that, that's what I signed up for. And I was kind of, I'm, I'm just always very kind of stubborn. It's the path I'm on. And yeah. so I was doing it and I just like woke up one day and I'm like, I am miserable. Like, I have to change my major. And my dad was like, why would you change your major? Don't change your major. Like, just... Yeah. But, you know, I was on the design track, so I still was taking, I had to yeah. take typography, I had to take design, and I was doing really well in those classes. And I think, I, you know, you just don't realize, right. and then, you know, after someone tells you for like the time, oh, you're, I really like your type, and then I was like, oh, that was easy, you know? Yeah. And then you kind of realize, well, wait a minute, like, if I enjoy that, and it's not hard, I could make a choice, and go that way and right and the change of major is not like you're changing from like doing art to doing English and like Spanish or whatever right, right? like it's in the same wheelhouse I mean my dad's like he says no one's gonna care no one's gonna ask you like no. you know and it was again it's still designed so I signed up for this um, well you had to you had to go through a portfolio review to get into it but they had this uh, like a studio within the school and they did all the stuff for the performing arts department and so I I got into that and then I just said, don't give me any illustration. So I did, I got to do a lot of design there. And, yeah. and so I think that's where I really started to. And then you, I guess, progress through, through the university and you're like, hang on, like, I love this. Now this is a career for me. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that, that, you know, mom's a teacher. So you grow up in this teaching realm as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. My mother, my mother was an art teacher. So yeah. we always had kids in our house. Like mm -hmm. my mom was always teaching uh, lessons and things. Um, my first job out of college was at uh, Northeastern State University. So mm -hmm. I, I was, I was one of those people that I, I married my high school sweetheart. So, you know, when you you get out of college and he wasn't finished yet. And so yeah. he had, he went back into state in Oklahoma and, uh, I, I kind of came back kicking and screaming cause I was going to Denver or New York city or Chicago or something. I mean, I, you were being a designer. You're like, I was Take interviewing everywhere. Other than Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it was like the worst time possible yeah. to graduate with that major. I think there was a, at, at KU Hallmark, Okay. is in Kansas City. So they were always hiring all, you know, all yeah. the illustrators yeah. and designers. You were of, almost guaranteed a job. Right. Well, they school. had a hiring yeah. freeze for like eight years around the time I was graduating. So, you know, there was yeah. just nothing. I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was filling out applications <laughs> at the Salvation Army <laughs> and <laughs> crying when they were like, oh, yeah. we just hired somebody. I was like, no. Uh, so anyway, so I took a teaching job at NSU and I mean, and it, you know, it. I was 20, I don't know, 22 or something. You just, you think, you're going to let me teach these people who are like six months younger than me? No. But, uh, so I did. I taught illustration and design, and they were just starting their program, and I really loved it. And I, um, and then I taught, we moved, you know, back to Oklahoma City about a year later, and I, a year and a half later, and I taught um, here as well, like at a trade school. Yeah. Um, actually... Do you yeah. love the teaching side of it? Or was it just kind of like, I need a job, like, we need to do this? Well, I mean, I think, honestly, that the beginning, it was that I felt like I, was, I had imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I just, yeah. I, because I didn't get that one class on hotel 
like corporate identity or something that I, and so I, I wanted to really nail it in like everything that I learned. So, and I learned from doing, so teaching is a natural way for, for, you know, I ended up speaking a lot and I would do the same thing. I would like think I really need to like develop my skills in this area. And so then I would just really hunker down and study and learn and then teach it. And while I was doing it and you know, it's to get better and better, like what are best practices? And, um, so how do you transition then? Obviously you teach for, what is it? You teach for 10 years, right? Yeah. I, yeah. At, and then I, at NSU the whole time or somewhere? Or no, you no, no. I taught, uh, I taught that first and I wrote all the curriculum for that program. Like okay. r- was my first year out of school. And then I got a job and that's actually how I could start my business because, um, I got a job, um, teaching at this trade school and, I mean, they didn't even have computers. I had to tell them like, you have to buy computers for these students. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I, I would work from eight till one. And then in the afternoon I could, I started my business Sure. and then I taught from six to 10 at night. So I, I was working a lot yeah. <laughs> back then, but then, I mean, you're young, right. so what else are you going to do? But I wanted to learn how to do all the things that I didn't, hadn't done yet because I was so young. And yeah. so I would take my kids, you know, on tours to like fine arts engraving and I was friends with a lot of the uh, print shops and, yeah. and I would learn. And so then I would, you know, with every project I would get, I would kind of supplement, you know, what I was teaching them. So they might have their normal curriculum and then yeah, I would say yeah. like, hey, let's look at how this print job is going to go down, you know. <laughs> I would so was the goal then, to- it sounds like the goal was always to kind of have your own spot, your own business. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, nobody was hiring. Yeah. Like the big ad agencies when I graduated had just laid off half their staff. Um, also, Oklahoma City was kind of an advertising town. Yeah. When I moved of, back, a lot of places here, right? Yeah. And a lot I of mean, small it was no, it was a big. It was the uh, big oh, ad had, agencies. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's standing out? Jordan Ackerman, Ackerman like all yeah. those places. Yeah. Uh, and I went to a very design oriented school, so which is very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, advertising, um, I'm not even going to really explain it because that's not my background, sure. but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's more campaign driven. Yes. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's, um, centered around products usually and things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I came out and I was just a super corporate identity geek. I mean, it was before branding. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you gave me, a copy of like the NASA like standards guide that was like the best thing in the world, you know? So, and, um, but just the idea that you would create, um, a trademark Mm -hmm. and that would be represented and all the standards around that, um, was really exciting. And I think when I moved back to Oklahoma city too, you know, I was driving around town, Oklahoma city at that time was not pretty. It was not very pretty. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty upset not to be in Right. But like at some point you have to say, I mean, my, at the time, you know, the person I married, like their family was here. My family was here. Uh, my family, my family was very spread out though. It left. Right. And, but their family didn't. And so that was the culture I kind of married into. And, yeah. and, and I was just, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of that person where after a few minutes of being sad about it, I was just like, well, I mean, 
if I'm going to be here, I better like it, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember just driving through Oklahoma City and looking at, like, the logos on uh, signs and things and thinking. And while I could appreciate all of the, like, retro... Um, a lot of neon. Neon and, and beautiful old signs and things. There was just a lot of new stuff that was just crap, you know? Yeah. I mean, just awful. And I... And that, and then you think, well, that is my environment. Right. You put that sign up. Now that's on my street. Now I have to look at that every day. <laughs> so I sound like such a snob. But, you know, it's like, or... But you it's know, your profession. That's why you see it that way, right? Sure. But, like, you go to other places yeah. and you just are like, ah. And, I mean, of course, I'm looking at it from different... I'm like, ooh, how did they manufacture that? That's yeah. really cool. But it's just, you can control these things. Uh, it's kind of like... Yeah. You know, you can hire an architect and build something really beautiful that's going to last forever, or you could just pop up a quick brown box, but it's still there, and now we have to look at it every day. Um, <laughs> and if you just put some thought into it. Yeah. Um, but when you do think about those things, especially with trademarks and things, it can. there's such a story behind it. Yeah. Do you think, like, because around the time obviously you started and, and obviously the internet was kicking off and branding and, like, visually it became more of like you need a platform and you need a logo and a brand seems like you started at just the right time right like there's just all of this thing is coming together and kicking off I mean yeah I probably like it seems like, the, like <laughs> I hadn't like, really thought of it that way yeah. at the time it felt very painful I'm sure yeah but yeah uh, it's very painful Mike <laughs> it's just like a, it's driving through Oklahoma City yelling at people's just, logos <laughs> well no but like you know there wasn't a lot of people doing that I mean right. I I started my business because, I mean, my dad said you could, you're not going to make any money anyway. No one's hiring you. And so I thought, well, oh, that's great. I'll start my own business. But then, you know, nobody knew what design was and no one cared. Yeah. Because everything was probably word of mouth, right? Yeah. Or somebody would be like, oh, that's great. Can you design the brand for my restaurant? I'll give you $25. And you just think, oh my gosh, it's going to take me forever. Right. well, so, and also nobody's selling around the country at that point too, right? Everyone's just selling locally for the most part because their brand is locally or their well, business is locally. I mean, I guess it depends on where you are. Because True. I had friends in other places, I knew yeah. that other places understood what design was yeah. and they could sell it. Like and they in were Oklahoma, getting paid we're last to get everything. Like 10 times. Yeah. I mean, not that, but you know, at some point you realize I have to like eat. Yeah. yeah. You can't and be a starving like artist. So, and, and I, and also I think that's interesting that you said starving artists because yeah. I really had this pet peeve about the starving artist thing. Yeah. I was just like, I mean, that's, I feel like that's kind of a choice. So I was okay to not make, I was okay to, 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 I did a lot of work for a nonprofit. I was okay to do the things that I love because I love them, yeah. and I didn't. I didn't need to have a salary. Right. I I chose being independent. And so, so how do you go do down? That. Yeah. How do you go down the route of like educating people that hey, you do need design, you do need branding, and then growing the business because obviously it was successful because you still do it today. That's true. I I actually started something called roundtables. Okay. And I did them. Um, not every month, but because um, you know how it gets to Christmas. Nobody wants to do anything. Um, it starts in November, really, doesn't it? Because Thanksgiving's <laughs> I, And also there's summer. Christmas is now eight weeks long. But I kind of figured out, I probably did about eight a year for a while. Okay. And I just started uh, thinking that, you know, it's just that people don't know. 
So you just invite they a group don't of know. people to a round table and have a sure. conversation? Sure. So I start, yeah, I started doing them um, like on Thursdays and yeah. I would order lunch. Who wants to come? And I got up to where I was having like 30 to 35 people. That's really good. And I would just pick a topic. Yeah. So I even had my dad one time because he did business valuation. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of just, you know, bullshit, you know. Uh, and so I said, really? Well, um, you know, then why is Coke's value so much more than, you know, another right. company's? And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So he ended up really diving in and reading all this stuff and did a presentation for me on the value of brand, like right. from a, a financial, from a CFO perspective, yeah. which was really interesting. But yeah, we just, we did them on anything we kind of wanted to yeah. Wanted to know about, it. and I just thought if someone's gonna, I would never want to hire a designer. This is what I would think because it would be kind of scary. Right. You're gonna pay a lot of money to somebody, and you're not gonna know what you're gonna get. Right. So, I thought, you know, how do you prepare people for that process? Will you tell them like, this is what that process looks like. This is the quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how you get to good quality. These are all the steps yeah. you take. And then there, here are the variables. So, you know, if you pay this for a website, this one might be what you're getting. When you get this for a website, this might be what you're getting. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to, it's going to be a different process, mm-hmm. basically. And it's yeah. fine. If you want a $500 website, maybe you just need a page sure. and way to contact. That's great. Like, but the design is going to direct like the yeah, goal, yeah. the outcome, what you want to achieve is going to direct that. So, um, so yeah, so I started doing that and it's super like, I mean, it makes so much sense. It's basically what I do with the podcast, right? Like right. Just meet, it's just a, it's a way to meet people and educate people and it doesn't cost them anything. Right. right? Like, and, and else you get business from it. Like it's, and there was new stuff happening yeah. all the time. Yeah, you're never going to run out of content. So then you would just say, and then I'd want to know about it, right? So then what is branding? So really when branding started to come up, we started doing this life cycle of a brand. Um, We just started out doing three different ones. But, you know, just really talking to people about, like, because people say, well, we don't have a brand. I'm like, everybody has a brand. But people didn't realize what it was. They didn't know that it wasn't a logo, Mm -hmm. uh, that it was just, it was more about how, your customer feels about you, which is kind of hard to explain to people. Um, yeah, it's hard to put it into those terms, right? You're like, because the moment you talk like a scientist, right. you lose them, right? It's like, how do I right. explain this to someone who's never heard about this before, right. but also like get across the points where like right. how this is important and the skill obviously is educating, which is yeah. great because you come from an education background I too. Know. I used to ask people, I was in this business group and I used to quiz them all the time and I'd say, okay, I'm going to tell you what some different things are and you're going to write down a piece of paper, right? Yeah. Okay. So write down what PR is. Mm-hmm. Now write down what advertising is. Now write down what marketing is. Well, very quickly, they're super confused. They're writing three the same things down. <laughs> yeah. These are all the same. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not. Yeah. They're very different. Uh, anyway. And yeah. so. So through that, then you went, slowly went through a period of educating the local businesses, local people, and word gets out that branding is important and the business starts to kind of climb the ladder and grow every year. Sure. I mean, yeah. I think it's more, uh, I mean, I think, yeah, we probably were there at the right time mm-hmm. because we were we were doing that kind of work from a design perspective, like design thinking perspective. Um, and it just it kind of grew out of that, yeah, which is, yeah. which is luck, lucky for us that that was actually sure. the natural way for it to go. I think there was just a lot of 
right background at the right time. Right. And, uh, who, yeah. who are you working with or working on projects at the time, I guess, that people might listening that might, might recognize from that? I guess, from that period? Yeah, just from kind like of growing? late 90s, early 2000s type period. Um, let's see. Well... Are there any ones that stand out for you? Well, like, this was super proud. This one. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Full circle moment. Yeah. yeah. So, and this one was kind of interesting because we we had to present everything to um, to Mr. Uh, yeah, Pickens. Pickens. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, an experience. I, I didn't actually get to admit that. The board took, took that sure. upon themselves to make that presentation for us, but yeah. it was it was a great one because it was really, you know, I think going through that real that research process yeah. of like you know really thinking about who the customers are for an organization. Um, another another one would have been um, the Embark bus system that was Metro Transit, you know, and just that one was really exciting because I mean like a sign, a bus is just moving everywhere, right? Yeah, right. So for me, I was like, oh, I mean, it's like, and if you think about a city's bus system, I would think about San Francisco and the BART system and just everyone knows what BART is, you yeah. know? So I think being able to work with an organization like we did here or like we did with um, them, um, with any of the clients that we yeah. did, um, the Boathouse District is another one. I can remember going Mike. out there. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. He was in my leadership book on the city class. And I mean, but when, you know, it was Chesapeake Boathouse, but yeah. then you quickly realize if we're going to expand this, it can't just be Chesapeake. It has to be all these people. So then you have all these, um, and how do you, you know, you don't want to end up with logo soup right. splattered on a river. I mean, that's not very pretty. And then Rand had already, you know, he'd already done that boathouse and there was so much to work with in terms of just this gorgeous the simple visual aesthetic. So, um, so just really thinking about, and you know, we started that one. We didn't know if it was going to be multiple brands right. because you kind of had this community outreach arm and you had the, um, you know, they hadn't gotten the Olympic stuff yet, but they knew that they were going to go that way. So you had a place, you had a district and people were always already calling it like boathouse row, but there's a boathouse row somewhere else. So it's like you, you know, yeah. you get out, out ahead of things. Um, and I think a lot of the success of those projects were also just in the way that we work hand in hand with our clients. I mean, look, we're, it's very much like we're a translation service. Like we understand the design process, but it's really important to us, um, you know, with their everyday things that our clients are dealing with. I mean, when we did yeah. the buses, we were talking to the bus drivers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the stuff that, like, people don't generally get, right, is the stuff that just goes into that when you are, you know, you're either doing a rebrand or a brand new brand, right. you know, and you're building this thing out of the ground, but it's coming from all of these experiences, like a bus driver or whatever, I mean, it could be anything. Sure. Like that whole process is a really exciting process. I mean, if, if you, you go want, through the... You can share, I mean... Yeah, whole, if you go through the entire process, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, and that's what we did. We were going through this whole process, and then you you realize that like, okay, you guys, you know, we have to work on, mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily the part that we did. We didn't train the bus drivers, but well, it yeah. became very obvious, like at the very beginning, when this is done, that bus driver needs to feel like this is their thing mm -hmm. that they did. You know, they really have to be a part of that. Now, at the very beginning, you have to say to them, you're really important, yeah. you know, and like, 
they, when they smile, when that new, when that new bus comes out, uh-huh. the way that they talk to people, their smile, and even the timing, which they don't have any control over. Sure. And the customer service, all that stuff is going to make me believe uh-huh. and trust that yeah, yeah, the yeah. bus system is improving or I'm just going to not believe it. Right. And it, you could only get so many chances to not, yeah. to not live into the brand that, that you hope that people will have the feelings for that, that yeah. your brand that they do. Um, and some of those things are little. That's the cool part, right? It's like yeah. the tiny little things. Like, I didn't notice there was an arrow in FedEx till like four yeah. or five years ago. Like, and now I can't stop looking at it. Like, there's subtle things mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. Like, genius. So this is, uh, the one here is, it's based off the mistletoe. Okay. Plant. So, you know, because that. the Hall of Fame logo, yeah. 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 And which was the, uh, what, what the original mark was. Mm-hmm. Like, they had an original mark that was based on that, and then they had a different one. And so we kind of went back to their history, but also yeah. really simplified it. And, and the Boathouse logo has a lot of that. Like yeah. you can see the boat moving through the water and the, and the, there's a, there's a lot of layers in that mark. So for people listening then, if you're, if someone's going to go through this process with you, how, like, what is that process? Like, I mean, there's, there seems like there's a lot of interviews and questionnaires and just like, sure. like, how does that? I mean, it depends. First of all, it depends on the scale. So, so a lot use, of the projects we're doing, for example, huh? Use this is Oklahoma, for example. Oh, okay. Like, how would that work? Um, well, first we would start with kickoff, and we would ask you as many questions as we could about how you got here and mm-hmm. why you did it and what your purpose was, and um, we kind of we kind of get a sense of kind of what's already there, right? A boilerplate, and then we would probably. Um, dive into like who are your stakeholders right and we would have some one-on-one interviews with them yeah i mean it doesn't really take that many to get a good sense of like is there a gap between what you think you are and what they think you are Mm -hmm. and then you know and then we can start kind of filling in those gaps so then um we would start going through you know what is your purpose you know, why are you here besides making money? Oh, yeah. Uh, so what do you want people to fill? I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, and, um, and, you know, it's the why. Why do I sure. even exist? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's one of my favorite questions when we're working on projects. I'm sure my team hates it sometimes. Or Why do you exist? But, well, and why should I care? I mean, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, at any level of the process, right. whether you're at the beginning or at the end, on working on anything, like, why do I care? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds kind of mean, but no, but I need though. to care about it. Yeah, because there's so many things that we're, we're like, you know, there's so many things that we see now, right? We have more information than we've ever had. Sure. So you have, that's the hard battle. And, and you know, this. The, I think now, you know, personal branding is something that people are very aware of at the moment. But even to, like, getting, like, a friend of mine's daughter was like, she's, I don't know, going to school she'll be going to university in a few years and now like he didn't want her on social media until a friend of Mm. theirs was like she's not going to get into her sorority that she wants to get into unless she has a presence on social media you know so like we look at like ourselves and like you know our social media pages as as our if we look at them as our own personal brand right and now it's gone to a point where like you know 
in the late 90s and early 2000s this really wasn't a thing and now it's like wow everyone talk, branding is the buzzword everyone's talking about it right how do how how do you see people going who are just not designers going about building you know like their so own personal I'm brand right? like, like I hate this um, <laughs> does that well, make sense I, yes kind of just how different has changed since you've been in the business yes. for you know 20 years and I think it's exaggerated things so yeah, like if you years, look at things that I've always thought about yeah like like there's there's good design and bad design sure. but you know a lot of it is figuring out you know when you're designing something you're really thinking about what are the basic elements here like what am I trying to communicate and I think this the kind of tragic thing about all this stuff is the homogenization people not looking inward, but looking outward at what other people are doing. Um, then you get, you know, it's one thing to hop on a trend at the right time and, you know, to be in the know, if you will, but not, but you want to do it in a way that's, and you know, this word is overused, but authentic, right? Yeah. Like there's something different about all of us. And, um, it's like making a cake, right? Like the different ingredients are going to make what it is. Um, but well, if you just a buy a just box a cake too. with the icing and do this, I mean, it's like, okay, I can get that anywhere. It's not, um, it takes a little time. Right. And I think that that's sometimes, or the creative process is uncomfortable. And so I think that that would be where I would just say, look, let us guide you. Like we know all the steps that have to go through, but even when you get down to, when you get, and everything needs to build on itself, right? So you got yeah. purpose, you got your mission, like all that stuff needs to line up. It, it can't be, it can't have a conflict, yeah. right? Because then you'll get found out pretty easily. Right. Right. But then when you start getting into values, I think that's really interesting. I just read this book by this woman who, she's like, she's like got a PhD in core values or something, but... But you know, she's assigned values to every country. And when you start looking at them, you're like, oh, of course that's their like underlying value. But if you had an underlying value in a country and then a state, like you kind of start getting into this like, yeah, you know, down to these, like, what is my personal value? Well, if I grew up in this state, in this country, I think United States highest value in this book, according to this book, is entrepreneurialism. I'm like, of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. American dream. Of course it is. Yeah. And so, but then, you know, it'd be interesting as a designer if you work, or if you're working for a company in a, in a different country, yeah. you know, knowing like, what are those layers beyond just the, like the person, like sure. you said, you're going to have a personal brand. Mm -hmm. You might work for a company brand. You know, yeah. if I go work somewhere, if I'm not doing it for my own company, I'm going to choose a company that has the same value system as me. And this is why it's so important for a company to know what its values are. Yeah. Having a hard time attracting people or keeping people if you say you're a certain way on social media and then I show up to work for you and within a week I don't see any uh, of those values showed up and how the way you treat me or what the experience is then you've lost me right. and employees are like your biggest stakeholder you know yeah so yeah, that's that's why I love the design thing because it's a you know for, for people from the outside they just see it as a logo and, and a slogan and what does that business do right and then they might read the about section on the website maybe and they get it but right but from, design is know, always human centered yeah there's so much it's more always. into it and it's so like I can see why you get jazzed about it because it's like 
it's so personal to that business that even if it's just one person who started that business, right? Or right. if it's a giant corporation, like when you dive into those values and you dive into that CEO's a CEO of a, you know a thousand employees or whatever, and you figure out what makes them tick and what makes the mm-hmm. business tick, and that's why the business has the values it has. Like that's super interesting stuff. That's good information. It informs it everything. Yeah. And they might not want to tell that story, but then you have to be like, look, the education is you need to tell that story, and that like. And you may not tell it all in that way, or you sure. might have certain things that you keep for your internal people because that's part of your culture and then certain things that you're like this is how those values show up for our customers um i think uh, to me what's fun is the whole ecosystem of it all Mm -hmm. like you know i started in this one little place but you know when we would design a logo and things for people when i was very young like you know you would ask them how did that go right well if they didn't know how to use it in the system of their business. Right. And so then we had to learn how businesses work and yeah, it's fun. A lot it's really of fun. fun. Yeah. So now where, where you're at now, you seem to do a lot of speaking, right? You do a lot of kind of speaking to others and education mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, probably what, not as much over COVID. But. Well, yeah, but like, what, I mean, what is your kind of, I guess, most recent, what do you speak about? What do you like to speak about? What, what do you think brings people the most value? Um, well, sometimes I just like looking around, seeing what's, I mean, honestly, sometimes it's just being in the moment. Like I went to a, I went to a presentation at the Innovation District uh, because I have a, a young client that I've been working with, kind of almost as a mentor. Um, and, and I saw it and I said, hey, if you want to, you know, I think you should go, but I'm happy to go with you, you know? And it was interesting because it was um, venture capitalists and, you know, She's going to need to know that stuff. But what I thought was kind of interesting is, you know, they were talking about all the things you need to have for a pitch, and I'm just, you know, I'm listening. And, but, you know, the, the slides were very busy. <laughs> and I think at some point someone said, design is not important. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> like, thought. Stand up out of your seat. Well, like, no. Excuse me. But I get it. It's their perspective. Yeah. That's what yeah, they're looking yeah, at. Sure. And And I think that sometimes when people hear design, they don't realize that good design is going through all that complicated stuff. And that's why it can take a while. And, you know, refining it down to the very simplest essence of those things and still having it work. Yeah. Uh, so the last one we did, so I, I actually uh, I have a colleague who's in Hungary and she specializes in pitch decks. I mean, that's all she does. She's in the called pitch camp. And so I was like, Hey, would you, you know, want to do a workshop with me on pitching? Because I think this is something that people are doing and they're, and, and it could be really helpful to them to like, and, and, you know, when you're doing that, you really, honestly, it's just, that's so close to branding because you have to figure out the same things in your, the things that you would figure out going through a whole branding process are kind of the things that you need to know in, in, in a pitch yeah. and be able to be very just clear about here's how we're different and this is why this is important mm-hmm. and, yeah. and why it's needed. You mentioned, so it's just a good exercise. Yeah, you mentioned uh, taking that, you know, somebody that you're mentoring. Did you have mentors growing up? Anyone like in Oklahoma City that mentored you looking up or not? Um, well, when I was a young designer, yeah, uh, yeah there, was this, there is this guy, Dean Wilhite, he works at Ackerman now. And I I met Dean uh, 
when uh, we had a professional organization called the Graphic Communication Society. I met him for the, there. And I mean, my first run-ins with printing, four-color printing, uh, there's a lot of money on the line and you're not making much. Yeah. And it's a lot of liability. And I would just get so freaked out about that stuff. And so, I, and you know, he would, at the time he was working out of his house and I could just go over there with my stuff, sometimes in tears. There were several times he told me to go back to the printer and apologize and ask the printer to explain to, to me how, how to do it correctly, um, where I wasn't going to cry. I was kind of a crier. Still am sometimes. But, um, but, you know, to work through all that stuff. And he's great. He's been a colleague ever since. And, um, but, you know, having those people, you know, back then we did, we did a lot of internships and, and you did internships and didn't get paid. And I mean, because you were learning from these people, like there's just a real craft to, to all of these things yeah. and, uh, and having, and having people that already, you know, they can basically tell you where all the potholes are before you start on the trip, you know, um, it's a it's cheat nice. code, right? Like having, having, doing that internship learning or having, having the great mentor is just, it makes I don't know. It's Having like, it's someone just, to call. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, why, why why should I figure this all out on my own when I have a friend that I can make that I can call this and they'll help me? Yeah. And so that's right? why I love collaboration so much now. I yeah. mean, now I just, um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a lifelong learner anyway, but I realize that I can't learn everything about everything. So I try to figure out who's the best person at this thing. That's who I'm going to call. And I, and I, I really work on that network a lot because yeah. I mean things come up all the time, uh, especially in branding because there's so many and uh, marketing. You know, all of those things have to tie together, and there are, there's so many places that could go wrong if you don't have the right people on the in the kickoff or you know along the way. Um, I mean, you got a lot of that stuff. You got to you got to plan for. So if you don't have, it's just <laughs> it's kind of a different kind of diversity, right? Like you yeah. got to have all those people in the room. Um, and you just end up with something so much better, you know, if right. you're planning for all that stuff and you, and you, and you have people, even when we do naming, we have, we have people with different, from different countries on those projects exactly. so that they can say, you know, that, that what that means, you know what that means in, in Spanish, uh, that doesn't sound right. That, yeah. that would be a bad idea. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That's good. So when you look at your website, and I'll link it for people listening, you can kind of go to the work that you've done and you obviously the Embark things on there. The other, and, and the other two that stand out to me, uh, Red Coyote. Oh, yeah, I love that one. Uh, because, you know, that we've done a podcast with Burke and John. Oh, That's yeah, great. they're great. Um, and obviously the dog is awesome too. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, he's part coyote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one that stands out um, just because of my real estate background, the boat as well. Oh, yeah. That's a really cool logo. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, Sarah tells a story, that Verboat logo. Mm -hmm. She just made an appointment with me. Yeah. Like, you know, like she looked me up somewhere and made an appointment and showed up and she was like, I need a logo. And she, when she tells a story, it's even funnier because she's just, she said I was mean to her. <laughs> I, I know I wasn't, but she's like, right. but it was one of those things where she named the company, right? So, right. So like I half of it's already said like something like, I think that maybe your name could you know, would you be open to changing yeah. your name? And I think what she heard was, your name is awful. Get out of my office. <laughs> you know, I'm the professional here. I'm telling you that you need to do something I, She else. tells it. It's funny. Yeah. I, I always say, I didn't say that. And she's like, I felt that you did. Um, 
And I think, I mean, that, it's a great example of because people are close to things. And yeah. sometimes people in their family help them make it. You know, it's yeah. it's like walking on eggshells. But her, her name before that was Green Wise Realty. That's and, much better. Um, and the, much better. Yeah. The, um, but, you know, and it was the green, when everything was green, you know, there's kind of the surge and everything was green. And I was just like, everyone is doing That's that right now. It's back in the car world, It's actually. too trendy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be, back, it's going to be, uh, you're going to get sick of it, you know. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, verbote, green, home. So Yeah, it makes verbote. sense. Yeah. So kind of like bringing it to kind of modern times and kind of what you've been up to recently, we first connected, I think on Twitter because of the state rebrand that was going on and people, the thing I loved about the state rebrand was because for some, you have a bunch of people who aren't designers getting in on Twitter and people love to light people on fire (laughs) on Twitter. The thing I loved was that Lieutenant Governor Pinnell was equally in on it. Like he yeah. was, he was in there battling, and I just I scrolled Twitter for so yeah. long, just li- just reading his responses, and I love that. And I, he's been on the podcast, and I think he's great. Yeah, he's great. But you know, because that was like a bit of a, I guess, a topic at the time, right? Because there's nothing else going on politically. So what can we, what can we, what can we go mad about? Oh, let's go mad about this money that's been spent at the state rebrand. I mean, I yeah, I actually he. He called me and I was on vacation. I remember I was yeah. walking to the beach and I was like, hello. Um, and he, you know, I think someone had told me to, that I should be doing something and maybe send my portfolio. And at the time, you know, you're on vacation, you're working also. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah. no. You run your own business, you don't stop. I'm not doing no. that. I'm like, and our website was not, was old. And I mean, there's probably nothing up there that he could see back then. But, um, but, it was a great, it was a great project. And honestly, I think I got excited about it because I love collaboration. I really love collaboration. And I also love the mechanics behind mm-hmm. all, like, how do you do a project of that scale? How is it similar from right. the other types of work that we do? Um, I wanted to see, yeah, I wanted to see, I've always worked for myself. Mm-hmm. So I, how do I, how does how does someone else do this? Yeah. I mean, I, I, so for me, it was really just the mechanics of it. And also, if you know how I feel about signs and things being ugly. Yeah. And the previous one was terrible. There was no, there was no right. really comprehensive brand for Oklahoma at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I go, my mom is from California. I go back and forth there to a lot. So I get to hear about that all the time from my peers there. Uh, I don't even know where that is. I don't know what's going on there. You know, they have certain things that they know. Well, and every department had a different logo too, didn't they? They get us confused with Kansas or Texas. I mean, they just don't know. So, so, so I was excited, um, that, that I was asked to be included in that project. And, um, and I, I did, I volunteered to lead a team just because that's what I do every day. So I kind of was like, well, that's where my skills are least, you know, that's kind of where, I'm in flow right now, I guess you would say. Yeah. And I like doing that. I like, I like working with all the different designers. Um, so, uh, it was way different. I mean, it was way bigger than I anticipated in terms of, you know, how many people we have on our team and, mm-hmm. but just, to, what, what other context would you ever get to work with? Like all your, all, all of your competitors. I mean, it was a very kind of weird situation, but the way that they asked us to put a, put aside all of our uh, professional interests and be people forming a team mm-hmm. to do this project was yeah. really, really cool. And, um, 
Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a great line in on the Oklahoma and I'll link in the description for people that want to go to it. There's a page that describes the logo and everything that it means, which is great because I think a lot of people should generally understand that. Um, you know, to just the colors, the arrows, the star in the middle, like it's really cool. And yeah. you know, it's to have that to have an input and be in a part of, you know, a, a team that's made a new logo for the entire state. Like, yeah. I mean, when there's not, you know, when there's whatever, how many states in, in this country? Forgive me, I'm not, you know, for 52, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't passed my citizenship test yet. <laughs> um, but, you know, like that's, that's kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. I mean, and I think that people don't, I mean, like it's, it's complicated yeah. to have a state logo. Um, I think I was very lucky that we, we ended up on our team with a lot, you know, several people that had deep experience in identity like I did because you know it has to work for the justice system the health department the parks I mean you have to have something that can cross over into anything and still work which is very unusual I mean that you wouldn't have that maybe for a company per se so and then uh, so systematically just the complexity of having a state brand and have it having it being used everywhere um you know, it's kind of an interesting challenge in yeah. itself. And, but, you know, Oklahoma, we're so interesting. There's you know? so much going on here. And there's, and there's so many, there was so much visually to draw on when you start looking at all the cultures that um, were here before we were state and came after. And just that, you know, there's, there was just a lot to kind of pull from and simplify down from. Yeah. So it was it, really I mean, fun. It's, I think it's an honor. It's cool to be involved in it as much yeah. as, I mean, and typical, like when stuff dies down, right? So like the heat kind of wore off and cooled down a little bit. And now nobody probably remembers <laughs> that time. And now it's just been, you know, accepted and welcomed by everybody. And I think a lot of people were like, I think the imagine that thing got some attention too. Right. It's like that's just an open ended like well, imagine kinda, that. I think like, we kind of knew that that was that was going to cause some issues. But well, I mean, not issues. I mean, just but either way, I mean, you can people. always you can always take something and yeah. go either way with it. So yeah. I mean, but you know what? In the research, I mean, the reason that that came out is because what people would say when they would come to Oklahoma was just, oh wow, I'm so surprised. Yeah. I mean, people still say that. They'll continue to say that for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And so, and it was interesting. There was a guy that came uh, and did a presentation, I think on Nebraska. And he would, and I, and someone, I don't think, I thought I maybe asked him a question, but maybe it was someone else. But like, what was your first impression? Because he was talking about going, he goes, I was so surprised. And we had just done the research and we were all like, yeah. see, see. <laughs> so, I mean, and yeah. so imagine that kind of came from that, yeah. that surprising, you know, yeah. element. But you know, people don't realize, you know, when you're coming up with, with taglines and slogans, I mean, we, we had to run 150 taglines through an international trademark search and we had like a week That's so much to fun. do it. I mean, it was, That's so it was, it was, a, it was just a lot, yeah. you know, when you're working on something at that scale. Right. Uh, but it was fascinating to, to do it. And I mean, it was a real uh-huh. honor. So, yeah. I mean, so. I think it's cool. Uh, at the time, I'm sure you were like, why have I done this? I'm getting so much heat for this. I don't deserve this. I'm helping out. I volunteered my time. 
<laughs> I haven't even been paid, and now people are just yelling at me on Twitter for no reason. Uh, now it seems like it's worth it, right? Yeah, I uh, think you know, a month you know after COVID set in, and all of a sudden you could really tell like where the real information was. I was like, yeah. well, okay, at least it's at least it's got some good function. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Finishing up then for for people, I guess to give people some value who are listening. Um, what kind of stuff are you excited about at the moment? What design stuff is going on that you think companies are doing really well? And then is there any other, is there any design books that you're reading that maybe an entrepreneur is listening that thinks, you know, I want to start a business. I want to have a brand. Um, I should read this and, and, and really get some information around branding. Uh, well, one of my, yeah, one of my favorite books over COVID was Meta Skills. Um, by Marty Neumeyer, which is just kind of like the skills that are going to take us into the next. Um, meta, meta skill. Meta, meta skills. Yeah. Um, and I and don't and don't ask me to tell you like all the meta skills right now because I can't retrieve it. I'll link the book below. But it's really good. And then there's another one called Reimagining Design, which okay. I just read. And um, and if you don't know, Marty Neumeyer, I mean, he wrote the Brand Gap back in like I want to say 2005 or something, 2007. Uh, and he, I recently done some work with him, like uh, on certifications and stuff. But yeah. I mean, but the, the brand gap was the original like book that came out of it. But Meta Skills is fascinating. It's yeah. just, um, especially for people that want to, yeah, honestly, anyone. Um, and then reimagining design is um, Kevin Bethune wrote it, and it's you know he he's an he was a nuclear engineer and then he worked at Nike and he designed a high top. And then, so he went to engine engineering, I think, and then business school and then got a master's in design. I, he's fascinating, but yeah. he does a lot with, uh, diverse teams and collaboration. And so when I read that book, it's very much where my mind has been. And to see someone that's doing that in a way that, that, I, yeah. that's kind of how I see things working it was really exciting to get it. You know, when you see that happening out in the wild, right. it's like, um, so, and I would say that, um, just on things that are coming, I, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people don't really don't like the word disruption, but I think one of the exciting things about COVID was sometimes people don't fix things because they don't think they're broken yeah. and they're broken or they're poorly designed and when things have stress and they start breaking then as a designer that's pretty exciting to me because sometimes there's so much opportunity um, and we kind of see it in the dysfunction right Mm -hmm. like you say this isn't working this isn't working but that just means there's a better way that's going to work really really well Mm -hmm. And so, but sometimes people, you know, change is scary and we all kind of have that where we kind of are like, I like the status quo. I know what to expect and it feels comfortable and we're doing fine. But then like when you, when things really break and there's an opportunity to get and really fix them. So that's where I see a real opportunity for businesses right now. Um, There's a lot of change going on. And um, if you can... um, know that you can form a team around you to kind of go through that and it might be messy and honestly it's really uncomfortable I always tell people when you have a really good idea you kind of want to throw up first yeah there's a lot of discomfort in design but but then in the end like it's just incredible the 
the change that can happen um, in a good way um, once uh, you've kind of gone through yeah. that process. So that's kind of where my mind is and also just doing more expanding into um, just design thinking, human-centered design, like design really crossing over into all of the, the experiential yeah. design um, and how brand kind of plays into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, a, I'm a big fan of disruption. I think it's great. Yeah. In yeah. that sense, obviously. And, and I'm also personally, I mean, if it's not my stuff, I mean, yeah. if it's my stuff, <laughs> right. it's harder to do my own, you know, stuff yeah, yeah, it yeah, is to help someone is. else go through that process. So I, I think I empathize with every business owner I work with because yeah. I'm like, wow, good for you. Because, <laughs> you know. You set that on the ledge. I, you did I it. I can't yeah. do my own stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I got to have a team around me that kind of pushes me to do yeah. that for myself, you know, because it's right. It's not easy no, for cause anyone. Because it's out of the comfort, right? It's right. something that's totally different. And it's like going out on a ledge and being like, this is like, we're going to disrupt something. Uh, we can be the first people to do it. And it's not, it's never easy because yeah. there's always that fear. Have you read the book Blue Ocean Strategy? Oh yeah, I read that That's the first thing that came to my mind that like, oh, when yeah. you're talking about disruption, I was like, I remember this book and I just, you know, like yeah. the blue and red oceans and like- Oh you know, yeah, the sharks such, feeding. Such and yeah, book, right? And you gotta go. And it's, it is so counterintuitive sometimes to go like- mm-hmm. Everyone's doing this, but I think that's exciting work about some of the, I, I got certified and uh, I'd been doing a lot of stuff on advanced brand strategy and um, and really getting more into competitive analysis and yeah. and really kind of digging into like, you know, can they copy us? Yeah. Like, would they copy us? Like, what could we do to, to really kind of force it into an area that will work, that's smart, but that no one will want to go. Right. No one will want to follow us, and we'll just have our, we'll just be able to have our cake and eat it too. I guess. Yeah. That's exciting. Love so. it. Well, thank you so much for spending an hour of your time telling some stories. I really oh, yeah. appreciate it. This I know great. it goes by super fast, uh, and I'm sure we could talk for hours and hours <laughs> as well about design because I know doubt about stuff that I don't know anything about, but I think it's cool. <laughs> um, so for people listening, I'll link your website below, okay. um, which is sdesigninc.com. Uh, and then if people want to reach out, they should go through the website. Is that the best way to get to you? Yeah, sure. That's yeah. a great way to get to me. Yeah. Cool. And then anything else you want to just finish with that you generally leave? I don't know. What is your what is your finish line on your talks right now? To inspire the next generation to be designers. Oh, gosh. That's a lot <laughs> of pressure. Well, I, I don't know. I would just leave it with this. Like, there is, a, if, if you've ever read the, the book Blink, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Malcolm Gladwell, but he talks about like when people walk into a room, you know, they have like a million thoughts that go through their head before, within a second, you know? Um, and I just, and so when I read that, I remember thinking that's design, right? You know, so just being intentional about uh, making the world a better place, I guess, yeah. and better experiences, better design. Yeah. It's good. So you don't throw up when you're driving through your neighborhood. I don't want to throw looking up. Looking at terrible signs. <laughs> just one by one, changing the, the way Oklahoma City looks by its signs. Uh, Sarah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, great. I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad we bumped into each other at TEDx. Uh, the world does amazing ways of reconnecting people. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast um, because, you know, I... 
I understand why you couldn't when I asked you to the last time because obviously you know you're you're being paid you're not being paid but you're working with the state rebrand and the client and all that nonsense so I'm glad we made it happen finally uh, and for people listening I'll put the links to all of the books we've mentioned and Sarah's website and you can check her out and we will catch you next episode cheers hope you guys enjoyed that great episode thank you so much for listening as always huge shout out to our sponsors the oklahoma hall of fame share an oklahoma story through its people since 1927 for more information on the oklahoma hall of fame go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on instagram for daily updates at oklahoma hof our other sponsor the chickasaw nation amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and finally our third sponsor for today the oklahoma 988 mental health lifeline 988 is the direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with the trained behavioral health professionals that can get all oklahomans the help that they need learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com it's 988oklahoma.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.